Newsbreak podcast. The foundation mourns the loss of this giant of our liberation struggle. As somebody who embodied all of the humility that kind of sacrifice required and continued that style of leadership, humble leadership, into post-apartheid South Africa, where he served in various posts as well as in international relations, particularly, and involved in all kinds of peace work across the world. But throughout all of his work, uh, Ibrahim Ibrahim exhibited the highest degree of dignity, the highest degree of, of self-sacrifice and of humility, which I think is characteristic of his generation, but something which many of today's leadership could learn very much from. Nishan, he was also a very close comrade to Ahmed Katrada. What was their relationship like? Well, all these ex-Robin Islanders had a special kind of relationship. And because they, they, they had their roots in many ways, similar kinds of roots into the struggle, uh, Ibrahim coming in as a young person into the 1952 defiance campaign, campaign that Kathrada was one of the key organizers of. So their paths would have crossed at various episodes of the struggle. And I would assume would have met at different occasions in the activism up until the time of the Rivonia arrest and then Ibrahim's uh, subsequent arrest or just arrest before that. On Robben Island, they were in separate sections, uh, Ibrahim in the communal section and Kathrada in the isolated section. But I know that when Ibi was released, he, he came to live in Indonesia and there is where he and Kathrada resumed their relationship. And that would have continued over all kinds of work in terms of rebuilding the ANC, the negotiations, and going into the first democratic government that, that Kathrada served in. So there was a comradely bond. There was a, a bond in terms of beyond politics, but in terms of, of friendship and family. And I think the, the various funerals prior to Kathrada's own funeral of different comrades is where I saw them interact and share memories of those who had passed on. So it was a close comradely bond. Comrade Eby also enjoyed an affectionate relationship with the board and many staff members at the foundation. Even a biography authored by his wife, Shannon, and published by the foundation in 2017 was titled A Gentle Revolutionary. How does this title, in fact, epitomize his manner? When you interacted with Eby, you would never assume that he was at the heart of the armed struggle. It didn't sound like somebody who could be fiery in terms of speeches, and perhaps he never was. So from his overall characteristics, you, you would never have assumed that kind of radical posture in his politics, but that would have been incredibly misguided because if he was at the heart of executing the armed struggle, went to prison, came back, and did his work in exile, was, was kidnapped, and prior to being kidnapped in and out of, of the country, bringing in weapons, setting up different cells within the country, but all of the time, a very gentle demeanor. And everybody who interacted with him would comment about that gentleness and that humility. Uh, we were very fortunate to have published that particular booklet because the foundation had tried for years to persuade Ibi to write his biography, his autobiography. I personally reminded him of this at the funerals of Reggie Vandia and Shirish Nanabai, both former Robben Islanders. And he assured me that he was going to write it, but eventually it took Shannon's efforts to, to put something together, and, and that is why today you have that publication. And I'm hoping that at some point 
he might have left sufficient work for a much more detailed biography to emerge because this is a story that, that must be told and, and must be appreciated by the numbers of South Africans who need to know our history in more detail. As a foundation that is very forthright and forthcoming in calling out corruption, I presume you had engaged with the comrades like uh, Ibrahim Ibrahim about this. And as an individual himself who participated in the adoption of the Freedom Charter, what was his sentiments uh, about the post-apartheid governance? Ibrahim was always hopeful that uh, his organization would have uh, found a way to have mended its own positions on corruption and, and co- combating it, the kind of practice within within the organization and within government. And that was something he believed would be accomplished. I would assume hope so up, up until the end. He was disillusioned with the state of state capture and, and corruption in the country. But I think one who never really went public on much of his views, they were personal issues. He raised them within his organization and he fought those battles there. And, and I would assume that that agenda for renewal is something that he believed in up until his last days. Ibrahim's funeral today and, and where he's going to be buried is of huge significance. Tomorrow would have been the fourth death anniversary of his contemporary Lalu Chiba, also a former Roman Islander. And where he's going to be buried today will be alongside Ahmed Kathrada, George Bezos, Yuma Sakela, uh, Bayez Nodir, and many other luminaries of the struggle. And I think it's only fitting that his final resting place will be amongst the people with whom he would have worked with to bring about freedom in this country. Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.